0: Up, and All Hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here, and it is a Sunday, Sunday, sun, Sunday, 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 going to be a beautiful one again. Oh boy. Just not like freshly waking up and then hitting the hitting the podcast. There we go. I hope you're having a good day. Got first of all, I think I got something to talk about, but I got a couple of voicemails to deal with first. And we're gonna give it a listen right here. This is Larry Hamilton from Follow Me and Die. And he's talking about my memories. He heard my episode about my memories of the Warhouse. My favorite game store, and he gives us a little insight about what he went through. Take it away, Larry. Hey, Glenn. This is Larry Hamilton
1: with Follow Me and Die. I just uh, got done listening to your podcast uh, about nostalgia and getting started and playing in uh, game stores. When I started, it was before game stores had space for that, at least where I lived, We had a game store that sold uh, plastic models, model trains, and remote control vehicles and so forth. And all you did is go in and buy your stuff and get out. Uh, There wasn't space for much else. It was just one of those shops in the local mall. Um, The closest game store that I know of that you could potentially play in was over an hour away and when you're 13 you can't convince your mom to drive you very far so uh we just got together
0: and played i didn't play in a game store until just a couple of years ago thank you larry appreciate it and yeah that's pretty much the way i started too in somebody's living room because i did not know from game stores we ha i understood where i was living at the time the san jose area we actually had a couple of pretty good ones, but I had no idea about them. I didn't even know you could play in them. In fact, the, for my first one, the, ga- uh, the game table, there were no places in the back to play either. So, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And you know, the whole thing is new to you. You know, you don't know what's going on. You go into this thing. You don't know that that, that kind of thing exists. And it's a whole new It's basically opening up a whole new world. So you're sort of... Feeling along as you go, so I understand that. But thanks for thanks for calling in. That's great. And now we have Mister Colin from Spike Pit again, and he was, he's talking about my the show I did on Five E. So Colin, if you will.
1: Hi, Glenn. Colin at Spike Pit here. Yeah, just listen to your last episode. Um I've got a bit of a debt of gratitude to Five E. But it's certainly not my my favourite system. I mean, it's the one I tend to run the most. I think it's the players enjoy it more than I enjoy it as a DM. Although I have managed to get a couple of other guys DMing now, as uh, I may have mentioned before. So um, I'm probably just going to switch out to a lighter system. I'm looking at all the usual suspects, plus um, sharp swords and sinister spells troika and a few of the few of the new, newer ones that have popped up um but yeah there were i won't be getting a sixth edition uh the books are too much and I, I prefer rulings and not rules i don't have to remember them so anyway thanks again for your episode and look forward to hearing your next one
0: bye mate thanks colin sounds like we are of kindred spirits I know you said you run 5e, but you don't really enjoy it as much as the players do. And the players, it makes a difference. Here's here's what I got to say about that. You play the system you want to run, run the system you want to run. I understand people will pressure you to do that. I mean, that's the other side of, I can't get anybody to play this game unless I run it myself, is the fact that don't get pressured into running something you don't care about or you just, you can't grok or something because it's, that's the way it is pretty much. I mean, you know, you go to the, people come to the game table and my philosophy is everyone has to have a good time at a game table. That's the whole point of playing games is to have a good time. But it's not just player centric. The, The GM has to have fun too. And if he's not having fun, then there's something wrong. And I would do the same thing. I would go to another rule system that's a little lighter. And ruling's not rules. That's why I said I'd love to play with you sometime over a game table because we seem to be of a, a one mind on a lot of things like that. So just talk, sit down talk to your players. And I would go to something a little lighter too. Something more of an OS, with an OSR bent, but you can always go totally different like Savage Worlds, or not totally different, but I mean totally different as far as rule sets go, as far as mechanics go. But sit down and talk to your players saying, hey, look, I'm not having any fun with this. Can we try something else? And a lot of times, if they are any kind of good players, they'll roll with you. Not really roll with you, but I mean, you can negotiate with them. You can work something out. Thanks for calling in, Colin. I really appreciate it. Okay, I woke up this morning with what people call universal role-playing systems on my mind. And I prefer to think of them as toolbox systems. Now, I can only tell you what I've had experience with, and the additions I've had experience with. So, some of these games have grown beyond the addition I would play. I can't really vouch for it, but... I have a certain fondness in my heart for universal toolbox systems, because it is a toolbox that I can play with. And the three I can think of right now are Hero System, Champions, GURPS, and Savage Worlds. There are others out there that I don't have any experience with, and others that have been bent into a universal system, a la the Hero System. But... As far as toolbox systems go, it's a mixed bag. It's it's a two-edged sword. Now, I admire games who pick a genre and they do it and they do it well. And even toolbox systems tend to lean to a certain genre and do it better than the other genres. That doesn't mean you can't use them for other genres. Lord knows they've done that. But there are certain genres where they really shine. First off, Hero System. Hero System was born out of Champions, the superhero role-playing system, and I still think it does it best. The good thing is you can make, and with supers, it's fu- it's funny how a few of them come out of supers. Quite a few of them come out of supers because supers is the the most toolboxy genre out there. It's all about the customization and champions gives it to you in spades. My favorite is 4th edition. I stopped playing after 4th edition or rather I couldn't find any games, but and the system went on without me of course. But 4th edition champions hit that sweet spot. It's like that thing that that to me was the pinnacle of the hero system of champions. It maybe not the hero system but it's the pinnacle of champions because before that there was three other Editions, And as a matter of fact, as of this recording, they're doing a Kickstarter to revise those other three editions. I don't know if I agree with it or not, but there it is. But up until then, Hero System suffered from diversitis. In other words, they tried to diversify themselves too much, kind of like the Palladium System. And while they had... Unlike the Palladium system, they had a basic rule set that you use that always worked the same way every time. And it worked on a point-by a point system. Usually, usually, these systems work on a point-by system. Not always, but usually. And when you get into point-by systems and you start to diversify, things can happen that are really wonky. There were two things wrong with that. One... From genre to genre, because Champions begat espionage, also known as Danger International, it begat Justice Incorporated, it begat Fantasy Hero, etc., etc., etc. But every every game they came out with based on the hero system had a different point buy, had a different point spread. If you want to do something in Fantasy Hero that's like something in Champions, you had a different point cost to it in the magic system because Champions was effects-based. This is what happens. Now let's work backwards to how it happens. You have your base power, your your modifiers, and your disadvantages, and things like that. But every single game that came out, for instance, uh, you play X amount of points for a D6 of Energy Blast in Champions... If you want to do the same thing in Fantasy Hero, it costs like three points cheaper or something like that. That's just a mild mild, because I can't remember the point cost of my head right now, it's been too long. That's the one that's one of the disadvantages champions had, or should say the hero system had. The other one was if you really wanted to play the hero system to its fullest, and I know a lot of people who did because this really attracted rules lawyers and other, and rules lawyers and min-maxers, they would have to go out and buy every single genre of game. And then they would have, like, if there was, a, especially in the skills the skills section, if you wanted to do a certain skill that wasn't in champions, you had to go to Danger International or Fantasy Hero or something where they had that skill. You had to get the books. They had to get the book. And a lot of people didn't like that. Fourth edition, they chucked all that out. It's like, okay, we're going to sit here and we're going to define it by point levels. In other words, the GM decides how how many points, what type of game it's going to be. Is it going to be low powered, high powered, medium powered? And set point limits and set, okay, this is the points you start with. These are the points you can only use for modifiers. These are the only points you can get back for disadvantage. And let the GM define that. And then they went back and took all those skills and powers from all the other games and codified them. They said, okay, this is always going to be this many points. This is how it's going to work. And then we're going to, this is the base power right here. This is the base effect right here. And then we'll go forward from there. And that worked like a charm. Everything you needed to run a superhero game, or any other game for that matter, was in that big blue book. It looked like a superhero game, but it was a toolbox. So you could do any kind of hero-type game. I mean, they came out with other books. They came out with supplements, like Dark Champions or the Fantasy Hero thing, where it was just a supplement. You still needed the Big Blue Book to play, which was good, because I used to buy the supplements, and I looked through them, and I go, okay, no rules changes here. Nothing's changing here. Okay, fine, we're good. I used to be fanatical about it. Also, the third, I said (laughs) to... Two reasons. No, three reasons. No, and I said two, but the third reason is point by can be awfully granular, really granular. I mean, you can play with this thing until the cows come home. And as much as I like it, I, I got to be. Unfortunately, I aged. I am now sixty-one and i just don't like sitting there and having to buy and do every single if you got 5 if you got 5 say superheroes fighting 5 supervillains each supervillain has to be written out it's not a mook i mean they may have mooks or, or henchmen or something like that but you got to write the whole the main guys out and that's a lot of that's a it's a lot of prep and during the game it's a lot of paper shuffling where you're trying to keep track of everybody's powers everybody's weaknesses everybody's this that and the other thing that drive me that's exhausting which leads to another thing that's uh no four five another thing is that combat can take a while because of this because of so many options The characters, if the players know their characters and they're well-defined, they can roll with it. But I had too many sessions where people just stopped the game cold trying to decide what to do. And that included the GM, because they're dealing with one character. He's dealing with like six at a time, and it's really frustrating. That's the downside of Champions. The upside is you can make anything you want. If you have the points for it, you make it go for it. And that includes gadgets, that includes vehicles, that includes headquarters, that includes whatever you need. I also don't like the fact that if you have what they call a focus, like a gun, you find a gun, you use it once, and you got to come up with the points to pay for it. They'll give you like the first one free. You can use that in the battle, but if you're going to keep this thing, you've got to cough up the points for it. And it just got to be too much of, if you don't have the points, you can't use it. Where's the flexibility in that? So, I tended to run champions with a looser hand when I ran it at all. I said, I'll play it. It's like 5e now. I'll play I, I won't run only because it's uh, it's too exhausting. I'm sorry. It just... I'd rather make a really good character and play in your game. Thank you. The next one I can think of is GURPS. GURPS to me is... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's like Steve Jackson took Hero and he said, let's make it my own and change stuff for no reason. I'm sure there's a reason, but first of all, it's non-linear. Hero, Champions, is linear. It, it, uh, it is very linear as far as like five points will buy you a die of this. Every five points will buy you a die of this. It keeps it consistent. GURPS plays around with it. And it seems to be rule happy. I say that because I've played a few GURPS games. I do have a few GURPS supplements. Well, let let me tell you, the upside of GURPS supplements, or upside of GURPS is their supplements. Their supplements are very well researched and very well done. And it's just, they're beautiful. The downside is playing the game. Or rather, running the game. Because it seems to give you a lot of exceptions to rules in the bo- main book. And then every supplement, you got to look through and saying, okay, how are we going to... Is there anything they've added that I should know about or taken away? But not that's... And in and of itself, that's not a bad thing. But when you get into a system like GURPS, where it just... it First of all, it's all D6s like Hero. If it's just... <sighs> It's like it's like a rule system, okay, I can kick somebody this far, except on Sundays where I can kick them farther, or something like that. There's always some kind of some kind of exception, some kind of thing to trip you up when you're trying to run it. and i I can't keep up with that. But the upside is you can make what you want. It's point by, I don't think the granularity of hero system is as bad. But it's just not intuitive to me. That was the problem. I played Gerp Supers, and it seemed like every time, every time we would play, and I get a bunch of experience points, I had to rewrite my character from the ground up. It was frustrating. I give them points for their magic system because. It seemed like they had a really good idea there of schools of magic and types or categories of magic because basically what you had to do is say you wanted fire, say uh, spell fireball in a fantasy game. You wanted fireball, okay? It's in the fire category and you got to buy A, B, C before you can buy fireball because they're all like uh, conjure fire and shape fire and... And you had to buy these other spells to get up to there. They're cheaper. But once you get the fireball, you've got all these other spells. And all of a sudden, you're a little more experienced. And I give them points for that. That's great. I hear that Dungeon Fantasy powered by GURPS is a lot easier to use. Because I've heard they like stripped it down to its bare bones. I said, well, even those bare bones is confusing to me. But I, I wouldn't mind looking at it just to see what they did. I've got the I've got the main gerbs books back there, but I never I never I never crack them open. I never saw the need to, and I've got a few good supplements, so that's a good thing. The third one I want to talk about is Savage Worlds. Now I really like Savage Worlds. I like it because it is fast and furious and fun, and it seems to take the burden off the toolbox system as far as granularity goes, because. These are systems like Mutants of Masterminds and, I think, just read uh, Villains of Vigilant. Those are supers games. But but they take granularity so far. You get to pick your stuff. It's mostly skill-based, but they do do supers rather well. And when you're doing super, I'll get to supers in a minute. But the system is, you have your stats... And you have a die roll. You have a type of die, and it goes up to, from a D4 to a D12. There are no D20s in this game. And your skill is defined by a die type. And you could buy up to that a next die type. And it's not, they don't fool around with very many points or slots or whatever you want to call them. Combat is easy. Combat, oh, it's so easy. And I just I just love it because it moves using using playing cards for things like initiative and stuff like that and special things I love it I love it and the Benny system oh yeah I've always liked hero points or something like that game points and you know using bennies I like it the downside I'm trying to think of a downside there is a downside there it may be a little too simple not simplistic but it may be a little too streamlined for some people. It doesn't bother me. Now, it does have a power section that used to bother me because it's based on points. And they give you basic powers in the book that you get the superhero, get a superhero supplement like, uh, I can't think of the name, the Savage World's uh, superhero compilation. I What is it? It must be too early in the morning. I don't know. But anyway, they do have books that, that elaborate on the superpowers. And the thing about superpowers is you get the base power. And they do have a few modifiers in there. This is another thing where, like in Mutants and Masterminds and Villains Visual Vigilantes, they give you the base power. And along with the base power, here's some stuff you can do with it to modify it. But they also have... A set. Here, let me haul out the book here. Let's see what I'm talking about, okay? Here we go. Savage Worlds Deluxe. Yes, sir Bob. Trappings and effects. They have what's called trappings in Savage Worlds, which is basically modifiers for what the power does, that whether it's a superpower or a spell or a gadget or something like that. And that's how you modify it. You just take the trappings. They got a, Each trapping has a certain plus or a minus to it. And there you go. It's easy to make a character. They even have kind of, not templates, but they have example characters in the front of the book that you can base something on, which is nice. Now, let's go through what each is strongest for. Champions, of course, its strongest superheroes. It is the superhero game that I think of whenever I whenever I think of the Supers role-playing game, because to me, that was that was the thing. I know there are others out there. Some people start with V&V. Some people start with Marvel. Some people start with something else. But anyway, that's how I started, because I credit Champions for saving me from su- from quitting role-playing. Because at the time, I'd played D&D in Gamma World, and I wasn't too thrilled. And then a friend of mine, for their birthday, got... I believe, first edition Champions. I asked if I could borrow it, and I read it, and read it, and read it, and and I'm going, wow, this is cool. There's something I can hang my hat on. So I did it. And I just, I think, I went out and bought the second and third, third, second edition, and I think I made 35 heroes in one month, just saying, what if, what if, what if, and I loved it. Okay, they do Champions best. They do Fantasy, not as good, but, Good, and everything else is... I hadn't had any experience with any of the other genres in there. GURPS. I gotta say fantasy, because that's what I had the most experience with. I think I played a few supers. Supers seemed kind of clunky. And it just wasn't as satisfying as, say, Hero or any other supers. But... And I always seem to be basing things on supers, because these kind of systems I know... This is this is what I know. And I found GURPS to be... I don't know, just kind of like out there. Yeah, I'd, I'd say fantasy just because... Fantasy. That's, that's all I've had experience with. But I've heard other people have had other experiences and better experiences with other genres. Savage Worlds, it was built for pulp. Remember, Savage Worlds came off of Deadlands. And it... It does pulp really well tried a few tried a couple other genres with it. It does it equally as well, but it's known for its pulp because it's got that kind of pace. It's very cinematic. I love see as you know, I love cinematic stuff, so the pulp thing is is the biggest thing in that I played I ran this I ran pulp games with this, and it does it it goes like crazy. The first, the first thing I ran with it was Fifty Fathoms, which is Pirates. And I think it did Pirates really well. I had a ball with that game. And it's just... But that, those are what they're known for. Those are their strong points. So, if you like that kind of thing, go out and get it. Go out and try them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Universal Systems. I appreciate... Like I said before, I probably stick with things like D&D. Things that, where it picks a genre and does it really well. But I like to occasionally haul out my Savage World books and play that because that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. So, time to start the day. And I hope you folks have a good day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm. And I'll talk to you later. Bye bye.